Let's get into this movie. <clears throat> Frog. Shit. Excuse me. I'm sure everyone listening has seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, yes. so I won't bore you with what it's about. Uh, 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 we recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to A Cast With No Name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 56. This episode, we talk about the 1981 action-adventure film Raiders of the Lost Ark, or Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. before they changed it. For their, yeah. Yeah. So but for, uh, don't forget to visit our website, acastwithnoname.com, uh, where you can listen to every episode in our library, comment on episodes, write to our email. Um, also, thank you for listening to the show. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate us. Uh, it'll help the show find new listeners. And, dun da da da, we're on YouTube. We're all in YouTube. So we're. We're all up in there. Yeah, we're we're three inches deep on YouTube. Uh, all <laughs> of our episodes, <laughs> all episodes are uh, posted, uh, so you can comment on there. So if you prefer YouTube, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. We've already had some people reach out within our first week of uploading all of our episodes by the somebody by the name of Batman Panther, which is kind of a cool name. How do you think Batman Panther is? I'm guessing 13, <laughs> or 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 based on our analytics, age. 35 to 45. Yeah, probably <laughs> so, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, on YouTube, Raiders. Yeah. When's the last time you saw Raiders? Uh, it was probably eight years ago, maybe. How about you? Same. Yeah. It had been a while. Yeah. Yeah. About every, I don't know, about every three or four years, I tend to watch Yep. all of them. Um, do you own them or do you watch them on, because I, I think they're all. on Disney Plus. They're on Disney, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I own them all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so so growing up, was this in the uh, balls deep rotation? Uh, you so eloquently explain. It was not. Uh, wow. Because I don't think I mean I've seen pieces of the, that movie, but um, I didn't really watch it. I think sat down to watch it all the way through until I was probably in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main Indiana Jones movies I watched a lot was Temple of Doom and uh, The Last Crusade was probably the one I watched the most. Gotcha. Um, and that, I think, is just because we owned it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a recorded version of Raiders of the Lost Ark, but um, I believe on Betamax, The Last Crusade was also with Back to the Future Part Two. So mm. I was watching one of those movies regardless, so... And that's why I always popped on Last Crusade. Yeah, I I actually <clears throat> owned it. It was one of like the ten movies, you know, that we owned yeah. at the time. Well, actually, it was the uh, is what made VHS a hit because it was one of the first movies put on home video, and uh, it sold like five hundred thousand copies or something. And it was it went for sale for like forty bucks at the time. So, but it, it still sold a shit ton. Wow. So. But yeah, one of the first movies that uh, came out and made the VCR popular and all that good stuff. Yeah, that that cover art is awesome mm-hmm. i love it yeah the drew struzan yeah poster art which you don't see much anymore no. i think uh uh frank uh darabont was the last one of the last people to really use him because i think he used him what for, do you do for the mist and oh. uh shawshank redemption and green mile mm. so he was always a big fan of um drew struzan and actually for the mist um there at the beginning is um uh, the Punisher painting a picture. Uh, Thomas Jane is uh, 
painting a picture for a movie poster. And the movie poster was, I think that he was painting was The Dark Tower. And huh. a Stephen King sure. uh, comic at the time, but eventually made into a movie. But uh, Drew Struzan actually did all that artwork and um, for the movie. And then also... Uh, for I The Punisher? I, huh? For The Punisher? Oh, no, no, no. no. For uh, This Was in the Mist. Oh, okay. So uh, his oh, Thomas shit. Jane's character... Yeah. Uh, plays a comic art uh, post movie poster artist, and <laughs> so the storm... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the Punisher, Thomas <laughs> Jane, and he's in his apartment. I'm like, I remember that wearing the shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? And uh, but after the storm, and then uh, Thomas Jane makes a a comment where he's like, oh, there's no time to repaint it. They're just gonna Photoshop some heads on the box art, which I think is a direct quote from uh, either. Drew Struzan or Frank Darabont about movie posters in that day and age to where it's all just ugly giant heads photoshopped on. Right. I love that you knew the guy's name who did this. Uh, Oh, the poster poster art. Like who? Oh, I I have a book of him upstairs. Uh, Uh Christy got it for me for my birthday one year, I believe. Did he do the Star Wars stuff too? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. He did. uh, He did all the Indiana Jones. Sure. He did Willow too. He did the Goonies. He did the back to the future. Um, He did, uh, yeah, a lot of the Lucasfilm. I love stuff. that stuff. Yeah, it's it's great. It's awesome. Uh, the um, I think he did Romancing the Stone, like all those types of movies. Yeah, so. yeah. So for me, that was one of the like I said, ten movies that I grew up on. I watched it way more than ever. Like I'd always have to rent Temple of Doom or The Last Crusade. I watched those plenty too, but Raiders all the time. That, was, that was your one. That was it. Oh yeah. So um, so this movie came out in nineteen eighty one. Uh huh. It was, do you know how it came to be? So I I believe George Lucas had wrote the script like way before Star Wars. And he just put it on the shelf because he was debating on whether or not to make Star Wars first or this one first. And he decided to do the, obviously, Star Wars first and just put it on the shelf. Yeah. So he was um, toying with the idea um like he was kind of putting pieces of that idea together because Star Wars and Indiana Jones kind of go hand in hand. Sure. They're both based off serials from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as the story goes, in 1977, uh, Spielberg and Lucas were having a little like manly vacation in Hawaii together. And very manly, yeah, very manly. Uh-huh. Um, and Do you I think they rubbed each other down, and they SPF did. They had to put some. SPF someone SPF. had to put somebody's <laughs> sun lotion on their back. Oh yeah. And um, so it was right before Star Wars was going to be released. Lucas thought it was going to be bomb, so he was staying in Hawaii. Isn't that funny? Writing it out, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he thought that was going to bomb, so he wanted to get out of the town and away from it all right. to uh, have a two-week, three-week vacation. And Which is hilarious because they do interviews with the cast of Star Wars, and they always, did you know it was going to blow up? And everyone was like, yeah, we knew we knew it was going to be a big hit. All <laughs> the of fucking lying. <laughs> you think they were lying? Yeah, they were lying. Yeah, because yeah. you see some interviews to where like Carrie Fisher will be interviewed, and she's like, "Yeah, so I'm st- I'm on the soundstage and I'm saying this dialogue. Oh, I should have known you holding Vader's leash, and like it just doesn't make any sense. Like many Bothans died, bringing us this information. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, so, you're probably right. But um, so anyways, they're in they're in Hawaii, and. Uh, during the time Star Wars is about to be released and uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind is in post-production. Mm-hmm. 
so Spielberg is down there, and Spielberg was uh, stating to his BFF how he really wanted to do a Bond movie. And he actually approached uh, Cubby Broccoli, the producer of the Bond films, that he wanted to direct a Bond movie. But at that time, only British directors were allowed to direct really? Bond. We're only allowed to. Yeah, I mean, that's who. That's always who they got. Were British directors oh, okay. to direct Bond up until recently. Not that so, American directors were interested. Just only British directors were interested. No, no, uh, American directors were interested. It's just Cubby Broccoli wanted to keep it in England. Oh, like, he was ultra ultra nationalist. Yes, yes. Gotcha. Uh, keep those pesky Americans out. Yeah. So Spielberg, could be good advice. Yeah, Spielberg didn't <laughs> uh, get uh, get the chance to direct a Bond film. But then George Lucas said, well, I got something better than James Bond. And uh, and then he pitched him Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. So huh. the actual script wasn't written at the time. Like he had a treatment and him and I believe it was like Philip Kaufman. Yes. Um, had kind of put in their story pieces because originally George Lucas wanted Philip Kaufman to direct it. But then Philip Kaufman got busy with. Um, I think it was Outlaw Josie Wales. And yeah. um, so Spielberg was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, do I'll, that. I'll do that. And if you watch, I mean, a lot of the, it'll be interesting as we continue to watch these movies to see how similar they are to James Bond because there are, I noticed there was definite James Bond story beats um, in at least the first couple of movies that we've seen so far. And, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of how he convinced Spielberg uh, to direct it. Um, right. And Philip Kaufman, I'm like, where do I know that name? He directed The Right Stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a great movie, by the way. And a very underrated movie called Rising Sun with Sean Connery and yeah. Wesley Snipes. I <laughs> love that movie. Well, you got to do like a <laughs> yeah, hidden gem for that bad boy. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they pitched Raiders of the Lost Ark. They wanted, uh, they screen tested a lot of people, Tim Matheson. Tom Selleck. Uh, Tom Selleck was. I saw the screen test for uh, Tom Selleck and Sean Young. Mm-hmm. So Tom Selleck was actually their number one choice. In uh, your favorite show. And my fa- one of my favorite shows, Magnum. Came and, in and scooped uh, him up. Yep. So, well, he was already doing Magnum, and he couldn't get released from his TV contract to mm. do uh, Raiders. So they actually hired Harrison Ford, I think, two or three weeks before shooting began and George Lucas didn't want to use Harrison Ford because he had already used him in right. Star Wars and American Graffiti. Right. And as I, I always think about this when those casting stories uh, you, that you don't know about, like mm-hmm. would the movie be as big if someone else was cast in it? Like, you know, Will Smith was supposed to be Neo and Keanu Reeves swooped in there. Like, do you think the movie would have been as big if Tom Selleck was Indy versus Harrison Ford? I don't know. I mean, just some. I I've seen the screen test too, and I pick up a lot of Magnum. Oh in yeah, that yeah, screen yeah. test for sure. And um, and and I mean, they're similar characters. Uh, they have the same kind of personality. They know what's right. Like Indiana Jones, I feel like has a little bit more edge than what Magnum does. Um, but I <sighs> maybe it's because Harrison portrays the edge. I don't better, know. yeah, a so, little bit better. <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I would I would say maybe not just because um, Harrison Ford strikes me more of an everyman kind mm-hmm. of a person. And Tom Selleck is like super tall, super yeah, athletic. He's like six. He's like six ten. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> at least seven four. Yeah. And he's huge. Um, so I don't know. I, I want to say I 
doubt it would be as successful. I think it would still be a hit, but I don't know if they'd still be making Indiana Jones movies if it was Tom Selleck, simply because, and no diss on him, but a lot of the movies he's done just never really reached mm-hmm. that. I mean, I think his most popular movie was probably Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, uh, he's Mr. been Baseball? in a couple other ones that I like. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Baseball. Uh, I love Folks. Um, I love that movie. Have you, have no, you ever I've never seen, seen that. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, it's a comedy, but his father's suffering from uh, dementia. And so it's just like, and hilarity ensues because <laughs> dementia is hilarious. It's hilarious, yes. <laughs> but just <laughs> I think it was like in the late 80s, or I think it was an early 90s movie. But um, but yeah, a lot of Tom Selleck movies never really took, I mean. Picked up steam. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, so Harrison's Ford in it. Harrison Ford was chosen to be in it. And uh, Harrison's Ford. Harrison's Ford. <laughs> uh, his car, too. And... Uh, <laughs> It was released, I think it was in theaters, for like 40 weeks, 41 weeks, yeah. and uh, made a shit ton of money. And I was looking at the uh, adjusted for box office inflation all time. Raiders is like number 17. Yeah. Like $900 million in today's dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, at that time, have they? has there been a movie like, uh, like what made it special? I was thinking about thinking about that watching it. Like, what I, made it so I think, stand out so much? Honestly, it was just the scale. Yeah, um, I remember a comment my, my parents said first time I watched Raiders all the way through. I was like, that's a pretty good movie. I was like, it felt long, which it still feels long. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom said, uh, yeah, I remember the first time I watched that movie. I felt like I'd been through a war and wow. just from the amount of action that right, was right. in there. And because and I think it was probably just an action adventure film on that scale that people just haven't seen in a while because last time they saw like a swashbuckling hero it was um i mean a little bit in star wars but it was mainly like robin hood like errol yeah. flynn like all those older movies um and adventure films because you've seen you've seen the bond movies more than i have like and this is this would have been roger moore like those movies weren't like like every every set piece and every like the the pacing I guess is it's, so, it's not frantic like it is in no Raiders uh, Bond is a lot more subdued it, the action really ramped up recent like with the um, they really kind of put in the action and probably Timothy Dalton hmm. and like started to scale it up gotcha the, now they were competing with Steven Spielberg and American cinema like yeah. you had a lot of the 80s action movies and it had to kind of keep up with that to where a lot of I mean the older Bond movies people still enjoyed them for the same sake of going on an adventure but I mean the action was typically sped up it just wasn't done that uh, I guess competently mm-hmm. before yeah. And it was just, a, I think, a different kind of filmmaking because, I mean, if you look at it, it was made in 1981. I mean, every, like, they blew up a plane. They had yeah. Harrison Ford dragging behind a truck. They had, I mean, they, yeah. Some they great, had a lot of those great stunts. stunts. Really and, cool stuff. Um, cool I, visuals, too, I would yeah. say, were a lot different than. And, and that, you're right. I don't think this is before Stallone and Schwarzenegger really blew because yeah. what Terminator was, what, 84? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess Rocky came out, but he wasn't like Stallone, Stallone. In 1981, yeah. yeah, he wasn't doing his Cobra and maximum yeah. overdrive, or yeah. what, what over the top, over the top, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole 80s one man army stuff, yeah, yeah so, that wasn't really there. So, I think it was just the amount of action, um, 
that took place in that film yeah, and then and the, the execution the, the, the scale of it yeah, and really good um but so i'm guessing that's probably what and i think the story's very people. yeah the story's interesting it's like a supernatural too. yeah sort of historical you know historical hints to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and, yeah. A lot of people can relate to it because most mm-hmm. like Judeo-Christian God. Yet you already have majority of the population in America yeah. being able to relate to it, which is why I think this movie and Last Crusade went over better than Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. just because people being able to relate to it kind of sure, sure. with the um, but the, the occult as they call it in this. Movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and those kinds of artifacts, which in the Last Crusade, you know, they had the. Uh, I'm already forgetting it. The cup. What's it called? The oh, uh, the Holy Grail. Uh, the, yeah, Holy Grail. So the. Uh, I did. I didn't look at this, but is the Ark like a real thing, or did they just make it up for this movie? The Ark, <clears throat> or is it based off something that held the Ten Commandments? I don't it remember. It is based. I mean, it's. Or I don't know. I should say it. I I want to say it's a real thing as much as I want. It, holy, I want it to be the Holy Grail is a real thing, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, then you're ah, getting see, into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yes, yeah. it is, and it's actually. Um, a thing in the Bible. It's what they did put the Ten Commandments in. Okay. And and all that stuff. Which I actually, guess he does mention it in the movie. Yeah. Right. And um and actually the idea for having the Ark being the MacGuffin was from Philip Kaufman's dentist. Really? Because when he was a child he went to the dentist and his dentist told him the story of the Ark. Not but in how it was supposed to have magical powers to where anyone who looked upon it would immediately be destroyed and blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Blah, blah. Um, so before the age of Google, you heard facts from you your know, dentist passing conversations with your dentist. Yeah. And uh, he said it always it just stuck with him as a child and it always fascinated him. Um, that story. Huh. So cool. But so, yeah. Well, <clears throat> let's get into this movie. <clears throat> <clears throat> Frog. Shit. Excuse me. I'm sure everyone listening has seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, yes. so I won't bore you with what it's about. Uh, 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 we recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess like, uh, like what? Okay, so I obviously love this movie. It's it's my favorite indie movie. I would say it's it's a close second with uh, the Last Crusade, but uh, this is my favorite, and it's just I. I love the chemistry between Harrison Ford and Karen Allen. I think Karen Allen is, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. She's so good in it. She plays that great balancing act between uh, not being stereotypical, the stereotypical damsel in distress, mm-hmm. while also being a damsel in distress. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I mean, well, she plays a real character, so yeah. she's she's a real person. She has strengths, um, and then she also has weaknesses, yeah. and that, that, that's fine. Same thing with Harrison Ford. He's not invincible in this yes. either. And um, side note, Drew Struzan did not do the poster arc for this. It was Amsel. I'm looking at the picture right now. I, I don't see, even know I who. I see Amsel written right in the bottom corner. So <laughs> everyone that is typing angry comments, uh, please just post them because it boosts the algorithm. Yes, But please. yes, I, I, I realize now my mistake. I am sorry. I will give myself 50 lashings. and Admonish him. And contemplate sleeping outside tonight. Oh. I don't even. I didn't even know there was a, a guy named Amsel. Yeah. So there you go. So... Um, but yeah, so Karen Allen, yeah, Karen Allen's great in this. Um, but yeah, I like how, um, and we're probably just going to hop around this movie, but the, it's fine. I mean, you, you get introduced to her character, um, being in a drinking contest in Nepal at a bar that she owns and, uh, she kind of plays it off like she's 
gonna lose and then she snaps right out of it so you know she's a strong drinker but then what they establish there she uses to her advantage as soon as the opportunity arises when she's captured by the nazis and she's in the tent with bullock and tries to um out drink him so that way she can make her escape or yeah. whatever and it's just small things like that that i enjoy that She's not just good at drinking for the sake of good. They already established that. Or that she's not pulling some random skill out of her ass. Um, it's It stays true to the character throughout the whole movie of what she's capable of doing. Yep. Yeah. So. I think the pacing, like just analyzing the pacing of the movie, rewatching it, it, it really doesn't let up. Yeah. It just it, keeps going. It does keep going. It was, it always, like, I want to say after Egypt it starts to kind of drag a little bit for me. Um, this movie feels almost 70s to me as far... I mean, I know it was made in 81, but it's still... Like, rewatching okay. it, I kind of felt like this This could have came out in the 70s and still probably would have been felt the same. Um, I don't know if that was just because of the film stock that they had and that they used. Um, could be. But the, the pacing, I think, is is good i think the pacing in the later movie especially crusade i think the pacing is a little bit better but it also has almost 10 years of filmmaking uh evolution yeah. ap- uh, applied to it so i guess it's not fair to say but yeah i mean overall the pacing is good for a 1981 movie like comparing it to uh, a movie that came out a year after blade runner uh <laughs> also starring harrison's ford um yeah. <laughs> he that's not paced the same. Yeah, it's not paced the same. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were going for that. The uh, I love the introduction of Indy. It's probably my favorite movie character introduction of all time. Mm-hmm. I just, I the movie going on is probably never saw something like that because it's very I don't know creepy. I disagree. The shots they take. The, oh, character! In, I I will say they will they have seen a similar character introduction. Okay, well, you, you'll have to correct me. Yeah, but but just and obviously John Williams' score is mm-hmm. awesome got this weird creepiness to it in the beginning but inviting i don't know if that makes sense yeah and then uh intriguing and they're just walking through the jungle it's nothing like the first five minutes of them are them walking through the jungle walking through the jungle before they enter the whatever cave where the the golden head is Mm -hmm. and and it's alfred molina and his buddy and partner in crime or whatever that are that you actually hear from first yeah um and you're just kind of following this mysterious person yep. through the thing. But yeah, fantastic introduction. I would say it's definitely in the top two. I think What's it's number one Bond? Is Bond for you? Bond's pretty similar. Or so uh, going back to Bond, <laughs> so when they introduce uh, Sean Connery and Dr. No, they do the same kind of similar introduction. Yeah. Whenever they introduce a new Bond, they typically do that mysterious introduction. So yes. they did it on Majesty's Secret Service. Um and I saw Live and Let Die once because Roger Moore is shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, typically when they introduce a new Bond, they kind of build up to it with a profile, see the person running from the back, and then all of a sudden they're, yeah. they're there. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, yeah. it's I, I learned about it in college as far as character introductions, and this movie was like at the top of the list as far yeah. as the best introductions yeah. uh, that's did, been done. Did they do... Uh, um, I already lost my thought. Damn it. Anyway, keep going. Oh. It'll come back to me. Well, I'll just... Um, did it have to do with Bond? No, it didn't. Okay. But, well, I'll stay on Bond because I have a couple of things sure. that I found similar. One, uh, the, the character introduction was very Bond-esque. Uh, cold opens. 
is typically a Bond uh, motif to where you see him at the tail end of an adventure or in the middle of an adventure and or a mission or something, and then it goes to the credit sequences, and yes. then it opens up into the main storyline. Sometimes the cold open is loosely applied to the main story, like in GoldenEye. Sometimes it's not. It's, not. it's just a random thing that he's doing and it's just some random it's to get you juiced yeah it's to get you amped a nice little action set piece to set the stage um so they always do that they typically do the cold opens in uh raider or in the indiana jones for so for example this one um is the rolling boulder and getting the idol which doesn't really have anything to do with the main story but you are introduced to one of the villains bollock in that scene so a little bit carries over but overall it doesn't have anything to do with uh the main plot um booby traps booby traps that's what my thought was awesome is do you think that's another reason why i was so successful had we ever seen booby traps applied to like an adventure piece like this because that is very like that's what engrossed me as a kid um just are there yeah, places like that that exist it's, it's always like the best part of the yeah yeah the i mean and they're, they're in the all traps. the movies subsequent yeah. movies um um I just I I don't know I don't remember ever seeing anything I, like that before. Yeah, so that, in in a movie like this, probably not. Like if we asked our parents, they could probably think of a couple yeah, like of films. Yeah, like a TV show or something or um something from yeah, like their childhood or like I would say probably older movies may have had it. Yeah. But I mean as far as I mean when I think of booby traps, I think of well, uh Goonies and then uh <laughs> Indiana Jones and then uh like National Treasure. So yeah. I mean they're not they're not typically used quite a bit, but I, I I do think the booby traps help or like that kind of trying to apply a mechanism to solve the next quest yeah. in a treasure hunt. And I think part of it, one, yeah, you get presented with danger, but it's also um, trying to solve a puzzle and yeah. taking an audience along with that. I yeah. think it's an easy way for them to be engaged, which another reason why people kind of like mysteries is because you're typically solving it along along with the character right or trying to figure it out along with the character yep um and uh but yeah i mean as far as that kind of scale or like that huge of a movie i i'm not sure no i mean nothing comes off the top of my head because right. you're coming from the 70s which is a lot of like more grittier filmmaking you had a taxi driver and i was gonna say character studies yeah character yeah. movies like the french connection like you had more grounded movies as opposed to these fantastical adventure stories yeah that were weren't popular since like the maybe early 60s right i think it wasn't until jaws made so much money when the studio started to really say okay let, let's put more money into these big budget movies and take people on an adventure versus like the character studies and like the the dramas where the budget was probably 50% was to the actors that mm-hmm. were that were billed on the uh yeah and I, studio. I i mean i think i it probably i mean it probably just goes in waves mm-hmm. so I mean, you get the grounded, realistic movies, and then you you kind of go up into the peaks of fantastical escapism, and then you go back down into realism again. And, yep. And um, we had uh, a lot of fantastical realism in the '90s, and then you get into the 2000s, and then it kind of started <clears throat> di- dipping into like with the advent of the Dark Knight and Jason Bourne, and these movies. Everyone's like, "Oh, gritty, real kind of a thing." And so yeah. we had that kind of slump, but I feel like 
we're starting to come out of that now with all the Marvel stuff, but at the same time, I think that escape is that form of escapism might be waning a bit. But um, but yeah, I think it kind of. So you think we're back down to the the valley of grit and no, realism? No, I think there's <laughs> still a lot of grit and realism. Uh, I think we're on the tail end of that, but I think whatever fantastical escapism we're going to be going into is not going to be comic book movies. It'll be Something some else. other kind of genre that we haven't seen in a while. Right, that'd be nice. Yeah. <clears throat> welcome welcome it yes um slopping back over to bond again <laughs> uh you get the bond girl uh yeah. karen allen yeah um and 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 this is kind of like looking at it throughout all the movies because in the next movie then you get uh kate capshaw mm-hmm. and then the movie after that you get hot blonde nazi nazi chick yeah and uh and then the movie after that then you get karen allen again yeah um so i mean they're kind of different every time which is a bond motif it's typically never the same girl uh two movies in a row unless you're uh, sylvia trench and dr no and from russia with love which is bond's girlfriend oh i didn't know that yeah um but I think she was the only one that was in. Do you just want to talk about Bond? No, no. <laughs> but uh, also the visiting the exotic lo- locations. Yeah. Um. I mean that's a that's a Bond thing. I mean that's just an adventure uh, yeah. period. But then also uh, Denholm uh, Brody. Uh, yeah. Kind of plays like an M. Yes. To uh, Harrison's for uh, to Indiana Jones. Yep. And. Um, yeah, a lot of elements, more further elements that they bond tropes that they use in uh, Temple of Doom, which we could talk about next week. But I the, thought the uh, the use of like the map and him flying to places mm-hmm. is such an easy thing to do to to kind of expand the scope of the movie. Yeah, you could have uh, done that, and like I know they went to Tunisia to film all the the Egypt stuff, but uh, I think most of it, other than the, the jungle and the Tunisia, yeah. most of it was filmed on a soundstage. But you get that feeling like you went all over the globe yeah. in the movie. Yeah, and yeah, it really puts the journey. It shows like the journey, yeah. and um, which is great because I mean, it gives you a frame of reference where you're out in the world, uh-huh. and um, gives you a sense of scale to the adventure, and it also kind of moves things along a little bit, or gives you like a better visual representation as opposed to just um, hopping on a plane and then landing and then saying Nepal yeah. on the bottom of the screen or something like that. And you just see a bunch of snow and shit. And back to Bond. Yes. Like the villain or villains. Mm-hmm. Like a like a memorable villain. Yeah. All, all these movies, all the Indiana Jones, all Indiana Jones movies have the, the memorable villain mm-hmm. like a Bond movie does. Yeah, I put that down to where villains, villains have their own motivations. So you have, I mean, you have pretty much three villains in here. You have uh, Tot. Uh, yes. Ronald Lacey, who is the creepy... Did you know he almost quit acting? Really? Yeah. Because he just nailed it? He was actually a talent agent. Oh. And somebody that they wanted for this role, he was like the agent for the actor that they wanted. And then the actor that they wanted was like, well, did you know my agent <laughs> is a stage actor? <laughs> and they sent Spielberg a tape. He watched the tape, and then he talked to this guy, and he's like, hey, do you, you want to just say a few lines? And then he got the job. That's the nicest client ever. I know. Hey, I'm working to try and get you this job. <laughs> I, know. I know, but I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because oh. he not he killed it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, oh, he's good. He played that creepy. Oh yeah. Like I don't know what I don't know if they put lipstick on him, <laughs> but he's always so pale and his lips has those like fish lips. It's just yeah, gross. So gr- like such a weird looking guy, but he plays it so well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Toe, who is just kind of like a 
creepy evil henchman. Yeah, just evil gets henchman. Off blood and yeah, you had Belloc, who is kind of more of like a suave, and then you had um, oh who was Gobbler, Gobbler. Think, right? Is that the the Nazi? Yeah, the the proper <clears throat> Nazi. Yeah. yeah. And the other guy that had his face melt or explode or yes. whatever. The so, three fa- face melty guys. Yeah. You had, I mean, you had three different villains, but I feel like they each had their own motivations. Uh-huh. I mean, you had Belloc, who was kind of more in for the notoriety, but also to, he, you could tell he was going to try and sneak it away and use it for his own purposes. Yeah. Um, and he, to where he wasn't a Nazi, he was just using them to... To fund it. Yeah, to get where he wanted to be. You had Tot, who was just like the creepy... Like, just like to, I'm I'm following orders, but I'm going to do it the easiest way possible. <laughs> and then you have Gobbler, who's the oh, it's to the letter. I'm a military yeah. man. I'm going to do what, what I my need commander to do in for, chief tells me. Yeah. yeah, the best of for the better of us. Um, but yeah, that I love the villains that they each had their own thing, and they just weren't one note. They were yeah, and even Bullock, uh, Bullock, you could. Like, there was times in the film to where you felt like he was protective of Karen Allen, mm-hmm. maybe for his own rapey ways or rapey <laughs> purposes. But it was, I mean, but you could tell he was like, all right, you guys are crossing the line a little bit. Uh-huh. Where I'm going to try and help her if I can kind of a thing. Yeah, but, I think he liked her. Oh, yeah. Like, genuinely oh, I, liked I th- her. I think he genuinely liked her, too. Yeah. Um, but it was nice that they had that in there to where it wasn't so like over the top you're mine you're my possession kind of like just that typical bad guy bullshit yeah but it was just more of he was trying to play his cards that he was dealt and he was trying to win the game of yeah the arc or whatever but yeah um, you're you're rooting against him but not so much to he had some motivations yeah some human motivations some nuance to him he wasn't just uh by the numbers villain yeah at all uh but yeah, so uh, rewatching it, what did you think of some of the the dialogue? And I'm thinking of the bar scene. <laughs> oh, when they're <laughs> I, I didn't even like realize it until I was rewatching it. But uh, she she mentioned something like being uh, a child. You're talking about Indiana I was Jones a child. banging a child. Yeah, you? yeah, I was a child. He's like, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> I'm like what? Yeah, uh, is that a euphemism, child? <laughs> like like she was 19 or was she a child? Child? I don't know. I always took it as. Like, see, I didn't know what kind of age her character was supposed mm-hmm. to be playing because Indiana Jones, like Harrison Ford, I think was 38 in this movie. Yeah. And he was probably supposed to be playing like a 35 year old or something. I, I didn't yeah. read into the canon when the character was born and all that bullshit. Um, and I haven't read like I haven't read the Indiana Jones wiki. Um, yeah. I always interpreted it as that she was just a teenager or like young, but I didn't think it was. Young is what I guess has been established. Okay. Um, but I always thought it was like, yeah, like nineteen, eighteen, and he was probably like twenty five or something. Mm. And um, to where it was kind of like her first love situation. Yeah. And then he was kind of like, oh, all <clears> right, <throat> but I was doing the math in my head for sure. Yeah. Because uh, he mentioned something I haven't seen Abner in ten years. So if she's twenty eight at the time when they're in Nepal, <clears> then. Okay, well, well no her, crimes being committed. Her, her character is supposed to be 25. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, yeah, 15. And I saw oh, some... Oh, boy. Uh, I, uh, I watched a video, Caravan of Garbage, okay. and um, they talked about that, and they actually threw up 
transcripts of a brainstorming session between Spielberg oh, no. and Lucas, and it's not good. Oh, no. Um, and it's it's just not good. Oh, boy. So watch the Raiders Caravan okay. of Garbage video if you want more oh. information. But it's... <clears throat> But of course, it's a brainstorming session. They're spitballing. They're just spitballing. I, yeah, they're, they're throwing yeah. out random just shit. Throwing out stuff. They're probably three <laughs> beers in, or at least five or six drinks in, because some of the shit that, like, <laughs> I don't know. There are some things that Lucas said that I think Spielberg was like, "Well, we got to have her a little older." Like, oh, really? Yeah, like twelve. He's like, "Wouldn't that be interesting?" And I'm like, "Well." Yes and no, but you're taking it to a totally different direction. George, where are the cameras in this room? Yeah. The um, But whenever <laughs> I saw this, um, I thought she was just kind of using a euphemism to where I was a child and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was a stupid I was a kid. kid. I was a stupid, stupid kid. kid and yeah. stupid kid being 19. It's college. And we all he, experiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was probably like in university or something, and then he... Uh, showed up. He was the apprentice to her father, yeah. and she's like, oh, and she's like, tries to seduce him and everything else and that's why he's like you knew what you were doing kind of like mm. but um but yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be interesting and then everyone shares an awkward glance at each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh, uh george <laughs> stay away from my daughter george. yeah um so but yeah i mean that's that's all i read into it and i think that scene is more importantly in there is because just to establish yeah, a relationship a without having them to establish a new relationship mm-hmm. like they had to do in um temple of doom yeah yeah so um yeah have some contention so there's friction there and make it more interesting mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like have um because uh, yeah i mean it would be a lot less interesting if indiana jones shows up to uh random girl who happens to be his colleague's daughter and she's like oh indiana oh nice how to you see doing? you yeah and no animosity there yeah. or anything like that because it gives indiana challenge gives him a reason to bring marion along because he needs the medallion and and all that good stuff i think it just flows better for the story yeah uh, did they have to be as young as what they were probably not but it's yeah it's a fictional story so well speaking of plot i'm gonna play this clip here Oh. And I want your thoughts. Okay. Indiana Jones plays no role in the outcome of the story. If he weren't in the film, it would turn out exactly the same. I see your confusion. You don't understand. Indiana Jones was the one in the hat with the whip. (laughs) No, I do. And if he weren't in the movie, the Nazis would have still found the Ark, taken it to the island, opened it up, and all died. Just like they did. Let me close that for you. <laughs> Wait, how, can, how can anyone ruin readers? It's perfect. Yeah, except for the fact that Indiana Jones is completely irrelevant to the story. Yet with or without him, the Nazis find the Ark, open it, and die. No, the Nazis were digging in the wrong place. The only reason they got the Ark was because Indy found it first. Actually, they were only digging in the wrong place because Indy had the medallion. Without him, they would have had the medallion and dug in the right place. (laughs) Anyway, what do you think of that? (laughs) It is not incorrect. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I, I guess the better question is, Okay, but does it matter? Yeah, no, it, no, doesn't. it doesn't matter. It, it's a it's a story. <laughs> yeah. Um, the yeah, 
And, and the fact that you could make a story to where a character can be as a, inconsequential. Yeah. <laughs> just and no one figured that out for the 40 years that this movie's been around then I'm mean, still pretty good story. Yeah. And I don't think it's a glaring plot hole because like the whole time he's trying to get the arc away from the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess the same thing would have happened if he wasn't in the picture, but I mean, it's, it still doesn't, I don't think it makes the plot less relevant. He just yeah. didn't, he couldn't get ahead of him. Yep. Anyway. I, I, yeah. And I mean, um, I and think, that's good, right? Yeah. Ah. And I think Caravan of Garbage uh, also brought up that, yeah, Karen Allen's character probably would have been killed. Yeah. So she would have died. Yeah. She would have so died. So he saved her. Yeah. Um, and the United States government now has it uh, being researched by top men. Uh, They're going to do wonderful things with it. Yeah. Like putting it in a box in the yeah. middle of a warehouse. So now it's out of harm's way. Now, yeah. now some kid's not going to be walking on that island. Oh, what's in here? And yeah. On that island in the middle of Greece. Get their face <laughs> melted off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to bring that up. What did you think of the. Uh, I didn't realize how violent it was. Like, there's a couple scenes where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, the first one that jumps out to me is the uh, the scene in the bar where he sh- Indy shoots the guy in the head. Mm-hmm. And they do a close up of. Yeah. Like, even the sound effect. Of, and then, yep. like. They close up on him and then like blood's running. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of gnarly. Yeah, this almost had an R rating uh from Gore. Oh, okay. And uh so like at the last um when they have the lid of the arc off and everyone's looking at it and they're doing the uh, ceremony thing and the guy says, Oh, it's beautiful, and everyone's face melts. Uh Bullock's f- head explodes. Yeah. And in the original cut it was a lot more graphic. Uh, and so what they did was they just uh, overlaid some flames over them to kind of hide the effect uh, uh, because it was too realistic or what the MPAA uh, was going to say, you're going to get an R rating gotcha. because of gore. Um, now, when did scanners come out? Oh, I have no clue. I'm looking it up right now. 1981, the same year. No, I've never seen that movie. The reason I bring it up is because I'm like, when did they rate scanners? And they rated it like they, so. They had two movies coming out where someone's head explodes, and obviously in Scanners it's way, way more graphic. But um, you for the MPAA, you're like, well, we had this movie where this guy's head's exploding. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're gonna get the same rating as this movie they got where the guy's head's exploding. Yeah, and um, yeah, because they didn't have PG-13 at the time, so yeah. it was either PG or R. And obviously, they wanted this to have more of a wider audience appeal. So yeah. They, which Temple of Doom was the movie that forced them? Yeah, to one of the movies. Uh, yeah, make them have a PG thirteen rating. All, the, a middle, yeah, rating in between. Yeah. So. The more you know, Jay. The more you know. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, God, it's it's just a good movie, executed well, scores. I mean, John Williams, of course. I was actually expecting when the arc gets put into the warehouse, mm-hmm. and it's got that large panning shot the wide shot and then john williams scores like buildings like dun, dun, and i'm waiting for it to go dun, 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 oh. <laughs> into star wars into star oh, wars shit, guys sorry <laughs> wrong sorry. movie oh damn it sorry yeah um <laughs> one of the things I, I think my favorite thing about these movies is his character and i mentioned this uh, earlier is that his character is not invincible yeah he he's he's not perfect at everything so 
it feels like the whole movie just kind of has a little bit of weight and some some stakes stakes yeah and to where he fights people to where it's not just him easily just knocking people out over and over um i mean some of the henchmen and stuff like he kind of puts some bullets through people's heads and yeah, starts, yeah, yeah. uh no he kills people taking people <laughs> out but um like when he fights people he's just not the best like he gets yeah. he gets hit around and it's like uh, when he fights the huge German yeah. uh, near the plane to where he gets punched in the face and it's just like, and it knocks him knocks out of his ass. Out, yeah, He's yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> but it's like those moments of um, humanness. And then, uh, but also he doesn't like, he's, he approaches it like I feel like somebody's dad would. Um, for example, like he's he's making his way to the plane and that huge German comes out and he walks over and he he like yells at him and he's like, "Come on, we're gonna we're gonna fight." And then you just see Indiana Jones like look back and just kind of like hang his head. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. already so tired. And he's like, "Damn it, yep." I, I God, all right, yeah, fine. <laughs> and, and it's not like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna fight you too." Kind of kind of mentality. It's just like, "Oh shit, yeah," like this guy, <laughs> or like the infamous improvised scene in the street where the guy has the sword out and yeah. he just picks it's like this no nah. he just yeah. takes his gun out <laughs> just shoots him <laughs> that's great yeah that's that that definitely adds an element of uniqueness to it because he's flawed and it feels like he's definitely figuring it out on the fly mm-hmm. he doesn't have a plan really coming into it oh he even says that so much he's like oh what are you gonna do he's like i don't know i'm making this up as i go yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely get that feeling uh, yeah. Another thing I liked about this is the, um, it's this and I'll, Temple of Doom does this too, but, and I gotta, I gotta rewatch, uh, Crusade yet, but you feel the atmosphere in these movies. Like you, you see the sweat, you see uh-huh. like yeah, yeah. when it's they're in polished. the jungle, like you could see the dirt, the grime, and, um, you could see the, the the sweat marks on his shirt when he's running through Egypt and yep. and everything else. Granted, they're in hundred degree heat, but I feel like a lot of that grimy griminess is missing to where you you feel like, especially in Nepal. So you feel the chill when you're watching that scene outside of the bar, but inside the bar feels kind of like like musty, little musty, little humid, like it just. A little humid, but a little hot too. So where it feels more um, like you you just get that hot, cold uh, feeling. Same thing in Egypt. Like it's just like you see him running, and you see the sweat. Like you feel the heat and the environment and everything else. And I think that's just something that is done very, very well in these movies. At least the first two that um, you don't. I feel like you don't see too much in. Um, and a lot of recent movies, um, because everyone I feel like probably has it in their contract where, oh, I don't sweat that much, or I don't want to see any, like I don't want to see pit stains or something right. when um, I'm acting. So like everyone's kind of, I mean, I guess Fast and Furious, they might be like a little, uh, like a little some glistening. motor oil, yeah, or glistening or something, sure, but um, but it's not like that that dirty sweat. Like Die Hard had that too, yeah, to yeah. where you, you felt. You felt the heat in the air ducts. You felt like in, um, and just I felt I feel like it added to the intensity, added to the um, just the whole the scenery as a whole um, to make it a little bit more believable. Sure. And, um, 
and that's just something that it, I think was really, really well done in this movie. That's, yeah. that's probably one of my favorite things that I like about it. That and the silhouette of the character. Like, they did such a good job on character design yeah. uh, for him, especially when he's when they're digging in Egypt, and they uh, he puts on, like, the hat. Yeah. You have the silhouette with the sun setting in the background. I was like, like, you show that silhouette to anybody, and it, that's Indiana Jones. Yep. And um, it's definitely got Lawrence of the Arabia vibes. I mean, it's, it's one yeah. of Steven Spielberg's favorite movies. So mm-hmm. that's what I thought of when I saw that shot. Um, and you know what I like about it? He's a, he's a hero. You know? Yeah. He's not a bumbling oaf. Mm-hmm. He's actually smart and thoughtful and yeah. plays the hero. He saves the day. Yeah. He's not, um, yeah, he has intelligence. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, dumbass, just lucking into things. Yeah, and it's and he's not perfect, but his persistence, um, and ingenuity is what allows him to prevail. And yep. um, and everything that he does is like believable. Or you see some kind of thing, like when they're trapped in the well of souls, and um, him and Karen Allen are down there, and then he's like looking around, and then he sees snakes going through yep. holes he's like oh, okay i'm gonna n- yep. knock down that wall they're coming in from somewhere at least maybe that's a way out kind of a thing right and do you think macgyver was inspired by indiana jones i i don't know i i i wouldn't put it past that's what i think of when i watch that I'm like, it? it's like macgyver he's like yeah. macgyver in his way out of these figuring, situations like, always <laughs> trapped in some somebody's yeah. basement and he's yeah figures a way out yeah yeah very well could be um the uh yeah i it's yeah it's a nice hero like in the i don't want to say this without sounding like a douche no it's too late that's too late it's too too late late. um like it just let it 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 just feels like there's purpose (laughs) (laughs) with what he's doing and what they allow him to do in these movies um and I don't know. You you don't get heroes like that anymore. Damn movies these days. They, I know. But yep, that's why I love it. Yeah, it's just it's it feels uh, it feels original still, mm-hmm. or at least new. Yeah, it's like oh, I haven't seen this in a while. Yeah, it feels refreshing. Yeah, and it's and it's made in a way that doesn't age. Yeah. Um, my boys loved it. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. My my son Liam, who's seven. Really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, he's he liked Temple of Doom more, but that's because short rounds in it. Um, yeah, and I mean he he's at that perfect age too. Oh yeah, where like seven, eight. It, this oh, this yeah. is prime prime time to watch like those adventure style movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he was always like, every scene was like, "What's in there?" I'm like, "There's snakes." He's like, "He's gonna go into a room full of." Snakes. I was like, "Yeah, it's full of snakes." <laughs> Dad, are they poisonous? <laughs> like, yeah, a few of them are. Yeah. That's a cobra. <laughs> That's I'll a cobra, kid. <laughs> yeah, it was cool watching it with him. I mm-hmm. like watching movies with him because uh, everything's new and oh yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, anything more on Raiders? Nothing else. I recommend it. <laughs> I do too. It's really good. <laughs> so wait, how how would you rank this again? It's my favorite. Okay, it's my favorite. I barely. <sighs> Actually, I might change my mind when I watch The Last Crusade because I haven't seen that in a while. But I love. I love, I love the chemistry between Sir Sean and Harrison. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, one of my favorite film chemistries of all time. Just I love that relationship. Oh, there's another Bond motif: Sean Connery in your movie. Oh, 
There you go. Boom. Yep. And he's such a good actor that, like, I mean, I could watch him in anything. Yeah. It's, I couldn't imagine a better or more prolific pairing at the time mm-hmm. than to have Harrison Ford and Sean Connery in an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but for now, it's Raiders, my favorite. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I think I'm going to rank these just based on how, I mean. How you feel that day? Well, I think this is probably one of the better Indiana Jones movies. Uh-huh. I think it, it it's up there with Last Crusade. I think Last Crusade is probably one of the best made mm-hmm. ones. But this one, I mean, it's one of those, oh, well, if the first one wasn't as good as it was, then you want to have the other uh, one. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and, but. <laughs> it's such a dumb argument. I, I, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. <laughs> but then you make them better. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I think this is, this is definitely the second most fun one for me. Okay. Um, the last crusade I think is probably the most fun as far as my favorite. I want to say probably last crusade again, but that's probably just because that's the one I saw the most. When I was a kid, yeah. Um, but there's elements of Temple of Doom that I like yeah, more than oh, this yeah. one. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. like in because I was considering ranking this one as number three, oh, okay. just because Temple of Doom has one of my favorite scenes. Oh yeah, in it and um, in that I I like I love short round in it. I oh, he's love, great. Um, I I love the darker tone of that that movie. Yeah, and um, there's one thing, there's one element of that movie that holds it back for me though, even that? after rewatching it. You can find out more in the next podcast. Oh, snap! <laughs> so, yeah, I would say this is probably tied with two, or okay. second one. Just, All right. Um, and you'll figure out the tie for that one next week. Oh, those are cliffhangers, <laughs> oh, folks. Yeah, God, yeah. Use your powers <laughs> yeah. of deduction, audience, to figure out the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, well, join us next time as we continue our quest for fortune and glory with the Raiders 1984 prequel indiana jones and temple of doom yes so uh and as always comment on our episodes on our youtube channel uh which is youtube.com slash at a cast with no name Mm -hmm. uh there's also a link on our website to our youtube channel if you want to look at it that way uh also spotify all that shit rate you know just just, all the stuff give us a hand especially joe he's he's in bad shape over here i am i he looks old. I do look. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I look like I'm fucking 15. You do. Um. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's next time. Temple of Doom. Till next time, Jay. Till next time, man. <laughs>